Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to the SGA Hotcast. The SGA Hotcast is a program to help establish a connection between the students and the IUP community. We're glad to have you here on this channel. I am your host, Hamza Samor, and I am a rising senior at IUP, and I'm also your public relations officer at SGA. In episode three, we're going to be talking with Dr. Driscoll today, and we are really excited to have him, and we are really excited to have him share his stories about his time here at IUP and how he came to IUP, and as well, share your questions with him for him to answer. Dr. Driscoll, how are you? I'm doing well. It's been a long day, but a good day. That's great. That's really awesome to hear. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast, and we're excited to have you learn more about you and your role on campus. As well, with that in mind, in talking with students, somewhat know what are your primary roles as a president? So what, do, what does a university president, president do? It's a hard question to answer in a few words, but um, the president is really the chief executive officer of the university. So has uh, broad responsibilities for the entire operation of the place, for vision, um, for the future, for engaging with multiple stakeholders um, inside the institution and out. I spend a lot of my time working with senior leadership team, vice presidents um, and deans to set direction while they do a lot of the hard work of managing the place. I also connect with students whenever and wherever I can, which is one reason it's great to be with you uh, today. I uh, also represent IUP to our uh, 150,000 or so alumni and engage with them on a regular basis. I work regularly with the um, elected leadership of Indiana Borough and Indiana County and White Township. I am, because IUP is part of the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education, I also work with the other 13 universities in the system as well as the Office of the Chancellor. And then technically, um, I'm hired by the State System Board of Governors in consultation with IUP's Council of Trustees. And so really, I'm all over the place, all over the time. And uh, occasionally, my work is making the difficult decisions that, that no one else can make or resolve in really sticky problems. But much of the time, I like to describe my, my job as providing a little bit of leadership and direction and getting out of the way and then celebrating people's great success with them, whether that's the students or our faculty or our staff, the whole team does great things. And I sort of get to take credit for or celebrate with them when that happens. Uh, that's really amazing, Dr. Driscoll. I feel like that is a lot of roles and responsibilities. And I do believe that being a university president is like a, is probably the biggest responsibility on a university campus. And we really appreciate all your efforts this semester. It's been really hard for everybody. And we know that we're trying to do our best for all to make the best decisions for all students on campus, as well as faculty and staff. But thank you very much. Uh, would you mind sharing us uh, your journey a little bit? How did you come to IUP and what is always your goal of you becoming a university president? I, I have to say that um, if you were to talk to me when I was 18 and going off to college that I would never have mentioned or imagined what I've done and, and where I'm at right now. I did when I finished um, high school decide that I wanted to go to college to become an electrical engineer um, because that was the thing I understood the least well in high school physics and I wanted to figure it out. And you know, 50 years later or whatever, I've, I've figured out 
a bunch of it, but uh, still don't understand how electricity works in all senses, but maybe no one does. I went to college. I decided I wanted to be a professor ultimately. And so did my bachelor's, master's and doctoral degrees in electrical engineering, specializing in computers and went off to be an assistant professor in, in Oregon at the Penn, uh, Portland State University in, in Portland, Oregon. And I was happy being a faculty member and then um, my department was having a bunch of problems and no one seemed to be stepping up to solve them. And I said, well, heck, we've got to solve these problems. And that was my step into administrative work. And I ended up moving to administration and ended up as the executive dean of the College of Engineering there and um, ultimately was a vice provost there. And then right about then I decided I really wanted to do um, some senior leadership and administration in a more serious way. And I became the provost at the University of Alaska Anchorage, so the chief academic officer. And after doing that for about four years, decided maybe I did wanna be a president after I was able to sample those things. So only in a couple of places there did I make a decision. Most of the time along the way, I was um, encouraged by others, given opportunities by others, but it really was all about how can we make things better? How can I help people um, solve problems and, and do things differently? And I'm, I, I love being a president. It has its hard days, but it really is about working with all the other incredible people at the institution to get things done. So I'm happy where I ended up, but never would have guessed that in a million years. Wow, that's really amazing. Like all the way from Oregon and Alaska, all of that experience is, that is really remarkable, Dr. Driscoll. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what would you say your biggest accomplishment serving as an IUP president? So well, first, I don't think I'm done here yet, so maybe the best is yet to come. Um, before, before I arrived, there was a lot of turnover in the president's office over the course of 10 years, and that's never good for a university. The, the, so my first answer is actually the fact that I've been here. I'm about to finish my ninth year in, in the role. Is, is an important contribution in terms of some sense of stability at the university and knowing the people and knowing what we can do, more so than a specific project, I think. Certainly, we just announced the incredible success of our Imagine Unlimited um, comprehensive fundraising campaign, which is, is a key job of a president is to, is to raise funds and work with the team to do that. We um, beat our goal and hit our and went beyond our goal early, six months early, hitting our going past rather our $75 million goal to get to 81.36 million. Um, largest campaign in the history of IUP and in the state system. So certainly that's a major accomplishment, and I've been able to be a part of that. I, I think more importantly is uh, probably to talk not about the physical infrastructure or the dollars and cents, but the incredible team that we have here. And I've been able to be a part of making that team come together in some significant ways. There's no doubt we're going through some difficult decisions now and some challenges, but there are incredible people connected to the heart and soul and the mission of the university in ways that I don't think they were um, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And that's being tested now, but, but I really believe that's the most important thing that any leader can do is, is engage the community in, in moving themselves ahead. And, and hopefully I've had some success in doing that. That's awesome. Dr. Driscoll, uh, of 
course, like even during these challenging times, of course, we have made some really great accomplishments. Uh, one of the biggest ones is continuing the education even during this time, uh, not stopping, continuing to learn, continuing to be better people every day. Uh, with that being said, uh, since we already know that we've been through the COVID, we're still through it and we're coping to it as well, we're doing a lot of great accomplishments. But we've been also witnessing low enrollment and staff, educate, uh, staff reductions. What is your vision moving forward? What are some opportunities ahead that you see? Well, first, I have to say that this has been the most challenging time for IEP in, I think, over 100 years. I've been reading a, a draft history that uh, Professor Emeritus of History, Dr. Charles Castell, has written in, in preparation for our 150th anniversary as a university, which is coming up in uh, 2025. And, and um, if you go back 100 years plus about five, you start to see declines in enrollment. There was a world war. Um, there was the Spanish flu pandemic and the institution was in challenging times. And, and that's the most similar to where we are now. The reality is though that even in that time, there was a real focus on making sure that our students were supported, were successful, and that they learned in all aspects of their lives, in the classroom, but how to be great citizens and leaders outside the classroom, putting all the pieces together. And that's something we've done well, and I think we'll continue to do well, and that's our fundamental as we talk about being a more student-centered university as we go into the future. Students have changed over the last 20 years, and in reality, so is society and the pandemic has certainly thrown a monkey wrench into a lot of normal things. So how do we look toward what students will need now when they come in and what will they need to be successful when they graduate? And, and those are the key things of, of the vision for our future that will drive us to be this next generation of IUP that we've talked about as IUP next gen. There are lots of challenging decisions there no doubt, but the key is going to be giving our students what they need with the support and challenge that they need to grow as individuals so that we know that we can send them off into the, into the world to do great things as we've been doing now for 145 years at this great place. Absolutely. Uh, I believe that IUP recently announced that we will be switching to in-person classes in the fall. Uh, what do you think how what will that be like? Will there still be hybrid classes going on? And how, how's, how, what are the changes that will happen? I, I have to say at the beginning of my answer that everything is a work in progress in, in the world of the pandemic. It looks like we're making good progress as long as people continue to do the things to keep us safe. The vaccines are coming out and, and appear to be effective. So it looks like we'll be able to do what we plan to do, which is to get everybody back who, who wants to be here. And that's just about everyone for the fall semester. That means more students living on campus, more students in classrooms, more regular personal interaction with each other, even if we're still wearing masks or something like that to be safe. There are a number of details about exactly how we'll structure the classroom experience that are still being worked on. I think that the key though is more people in the rooms. Maybe we have to maintain social distancing. And so we'll do that by having fewer people in, in classrooms and that'll really mess up some of the work in terms of scheduling. But my real hope is that faculty who have done a great job and staff who've done a great job with our students in adapting to the technology will still use technology where it makes sense 
based on what they've learned. But most of our interaction will go back to that normal. So maybe there will be some hybrid experiences in some courses, or maybe there will be some online experiences outside the normal classroom interaction. But our goal really is to get faculty and students together, working with each other in the face-to-face -face environment that we know is so important to all of us as we learn. And, and it's so, so difficult to interact as effectively via technology. So can we learn some things online? Certainly we were doing some of that before and spending class time in the discussion and the questions and the debate. I expect we'll see some more of that, but I, I think we won't have nearly uh, the kind of penetration of hybrid courses, maybe here and there where it makes sense, but I think most of our stuff will be face-to-face, -face, um, the pandemic willing, and, and uh, us all being safe and healthy, of course, while we do that. Of course, we absolutely hope that everything goes back to normal as soon as possible. Uh, we, we, we still have, we, there's still a chance that COVID still could be around during the fall. So uh, how, how do you see that IUP is going to be able to provide or facilitate vaccines to students when they return in the fall? And do you think there's still going to be some restrictions in place? And what are they, if you have an idea about that? Yeah, first, I would guess that there probably will still need to be some restrictions for a while while we adapt to um, dealing with this particular virus. Certainly we've been dealing with the influenza forever in its various strains, and there may be new strains of this virus that come along. Um, some of our health experts are suggesting that we'll end up getting a COVID shot every year, just as we get a flu shot every year. I'm not looking forward to that, but if it's necessary, it'll be necessary. We'll see over time. I, I do think that it's likely that we'll continue to emphasize you know, better hand sanitation. Probably there'll be some need to do some um, uh, face coverings and things like that still for a while. I, and I'm just basing that on what we're hearing from our, our health professionals, both locally and regionally and nationally. So th that'll probably still continue, but people are more comfortable with vaccine and, and being back in place. The, the question about will we be able to offer vaccines to our students, I'm hopeful that we can. Um, right now, we are partnering with Indiana Regional Medical Center to offer vaccines in the county, but that's really limited to those folks that are in the highest risk categories. And that's mostly people who are healthcare professionals and uh, folks that are over 65 and, and folks that may have a special medical condition. The supplies are hopefully heading up. That's the news that we're getting with uh, new vaccine approved just this last weekend. So we should see more supplies. It may be that most of our students will already be vaccinated by the time they get back with us in the fall, but we do have an application in to become a vaccination site on campus at the Student Health Center. And I don't know when that will be approved, but we're prepared to take advantage of that and then go ahead and offer those to our students if, if that's still a necessity by the time we get to fall. So uh, absolutely want to do that. I'm equally concerned about making sure that our faculty and staff get vaccinated. And if, if we can find a way to do that on campus, maybe it's a partnership again with IRMC and them being at the KCAC as they are now and providing those vaccines. It really just is a matter of getting the supply out to Indiana and um, to Punxsutawney and to North Point to our campuses to make sure it's available. Awesome, thank you, Dr. Driscoll. It's really, I'm really glad to hear about all of IUP's efforts in trying to uh, cope with all of the situation that we're going in right now and 
all of its efforts in going back to normal, the new normal we'll see. Of course, it's not going to be the same, but we hope that it's also going to be a better future for all of us uh, over, overall. Uh, one last question. Uh, thank you for your time. And I would like to ask you, uh, what would you tell the students about the future of IUP in a couple words? I think the, the fundamental is that IEP has been transforming students' lives and opening new opportunities and horizons for them for this past 145 years. And we'll be continuing to do that as circumstances change, as the world change. We're still going to be here being a strong place for students to learn, to grow, and to then go forth and be successful. And you can count on that. Thank you, Dr. Driscoll. And is there a way where students could contact you or best way to reach you by any chance? It probably is the, is the best way to do that um, is to actually send an email to the uh, president's office email address, which is president-office uh, at iup.edu. Um, I have a couple of people who work in my office who are looking at that all the time. And they're pretty good about making sure that simple problems get handled quickly and more effectively than, than I might by the time I get to them. But that's probably the best first approach. If something really needs my attention, they'll escalate it to me right away. So that, that's probably the simplest way. Again, if, if a question can be resolved by somebody quickly that's not me, they'll probably get it to the right place, but they'll make sure that there's a response there. And again, get it to me if it needs to be on my, on my desk. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Driscoll. And I'd like to encourage our students as well. If there's anything that you'd like to ask, you have to bring forward, please reach out to the president's office, Dr. Driscoll. He'll be glad to help you out. Also here in SGA, uh, Kevin Foster, Dr. Tom Seeger, we're also here ready to help you out. This is our duty. This is what we're here for, is to repre represent you all students and to make sure that uh, you go through your years here, college life uh, in a really a really good way. And we will do all of our efforts to make your experience better every day. Dr. Driscoll, it's, it was a really a pleasure to have you here tonight on our channel. And uh, thank you for everybody who's listening. And we hope that this episode was really helpful, gave you an insight. Uh, it's an, really an amazing opportunity for you to be here. And if you also have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of our SGA members this is Hamza Samoor from Elkin Hall, and this is the SGA Hawkcast. Have a great evening, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Driscoll. Thanks, Hamza. It's been great to be with you today. Thank you.